Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoon. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I am back. What a weird freaking time we are living in. Oh my God. So we are, this is what, the end of March 2020. The United States is navigating this coronavirus pandemic. And we in Boulder have been issued stay-at-home orders. No, like, is it, I don't, can you even imagine having stay-at-home orders that have been given to you by the governor of your state? What does that even mean? Well, basically it means that in order for us to fend off this, you know, virus that's hitting people in unprecedented numbers and we're fairly or very unprepared medically I think to deal with them we're trying to do what they call flattening the curve which is the only thing that my daughter seems to understand is like this idea of a curve that you flatten but she really doesn't relate it to the actual <laughs> um actual epidemic that's going on but anyway um so we're trying to make sure that our medical and health systems can handle the number of cases that come by, I guess, getting infected or getting sick more slowly than we would if we were just all interacting with each other. And then we all get sick at the same time. We all go to the hospital at the same time and they can't handle us. So anyway, we're stuck at home. That's the point. So there's a lot going on right now with with this. I mean, people are living in states of fear and anxiety and economic uncertainty. Um, many people I know have been laid off from their jobs or temporarily furloughed um, because businesses can't afford to pay them because they're no longer getting revenue because People are no longer allowed to go out and do the things they normally do. This isn't every business, but it's a lot of businesses. Uh, Skirt Sports is suffering mightily as we speak, and I'm not sure what's going to happen. And so I sit back every day and I, I just sink into this discomfort, and I do believe that there's something to the fact that being a lifelong athlete has sort of trained us for this concept of finding comfort within the discomfort. And so I think many of you listening can also relate that, yes, things are weird. Things are out of our control and we so, so desperately want to control them and we can't. Um, and all we can do is hang out at home and make the best of it. And so many people are feeling despondent, but I have to admit something. I'm not feeling despondent. Even with uncertainty of the world, the uncertainties of whether or not me, my husband, my daughter, my loved ones are actually going to get sick and then how sick they're going to get 
And if anybody is going to fall victim, anyone close to me, because we know people are dying from this disease. Yeah, there's uncertainty there. Um, But I'm also feeling like I, it feels weird to admit this, but this tiny sense of like excitement. I know it sounds bizarre. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm admitting this out loud. But I've always felt this way. When change is about to happen, I get this little feeling of excitement inside of me. So I think what it's telling me is that change is happening in a big way. And I don't know what it's going to be. None of us do. All I know is that we're going to come out the other side of this and life will never go back to normal in quotes here. There is no normal to go back to. There will be some kind of new normal. And we can only guess what that might be. But one of the things that's really cool and that's going to be a constant throughout this is that our health and fitness need to be a priority in our lives. I mean, if anything that, you know, a health scare, a worldwide health scare is telling us is that we need to take care of ourselves and that the stronger we are going into something like this, the better off we're going to be. And so today's guest, Christy Bruner, um, I got to say, the big message that came out of my conversation with Christy is that exercise is a lifestyle. It's not an option. It's not negotiable. It is a lifestyle. You do it. You include it in your life. And that starts from day one. So that's really cool and really timely. I did also interview her um, somewhat recently. So we were already starting to go through the, uh, the issues that I outlined earlier. Uh, so our conversation is definitely timely. Um, she also has daughters, and so she can speak to, you know, many of the things that, that we're all feeling right now, which is like, how do we go about our daily lives now that we have our kids in front of us all day and we're supposed to be, you know, helping them learn and set examples for them. So it's kind of cool because you're going to hear about her perspective on being a mom who has a passion for fitness in her life and who prioritizes her own health and fitness. Um, Christy and I actually grew up together, not together. (laughs) She's a little younger than me, but it's funny because I went to Downer South High School and she went to DGN on the other side of the track. She went to Downers North. Um, But we really connected as adults when she came to the Skirt Sports Half Marathon the first year we put it on. And we just connected, and she's she's just such an incredible person, incredible spirit. She became a skirt sports ambassador. She's a lifelong swimmer, so we also have that going for us. Um, but what's really cool is she reached out to me recently because she has been working with an organization called Action for Healthy Kids. She became an ambassador for them and helped pioneer um, what a thing that was missing in their school system, recess, right? Don't we feel like recess should just be part of a rite of passage of childhood and then later in life? Why do we stop doing recess? We got to keep recess in our lives. Um, She, along with some other parents from their district, 
were able to activate recess in their school system. Um, so it's really, it was a really cool, she, when she reached out about it, it was like, hey, Nicole, I want to, I want to share this because a lot of times parents, women, you know, adults, we walk around and we complain about the things in our lives that we don't think are fair or that aren't included, that we believe should be included, and we can do something about it. So it was a really cool conversation. We definitely hit on that topic. By the way, Action for Healthy Kids gives out grants and they extended their grant deadline through the end of May. It was going to end in April, but now with everything going on, everything's pushed back. So as you listen to this and if you decide you want to apply for one, um, just know you got a little extra time. But we have a great time today. I think you're going to love this conversation. Christy is just a really cool person. She's the kind of woman that you just want to be friends with. Um, I encourage you to check her out on social media as well. We'll have links in the show notes to all of the ways you can find her. All right, everybody, that's it for the intro. I think it's time to bring Christy on the show. So how you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Good. So you just, uh, we bumped up our, our chat because you were listening to a, a press conference today that had to do with the lovely virus we're all dealing with in this world. Yes, there's lots of lots of changes coming for our uh, since the coronavirus has popped up. So good to stay on top of what's changing, what's altering, and where to go from here. Well, and I think it's especially relevant to you because you are super entrenched in the St. Pete's world of events, right? Absolutely, yeah. City of St. Petersburg um, is where I've lived for 18 years, and I've worked for 18 years, and now I get to work for the city um, on their Healthy St. Pete initiative. So a lot of what I do has to do with events and engaging the community, and of course now uh, making sure we're canceling or holding them as appropriate. Well, yeah, for sure. So tell me more about, okay, we're going to actually, I want to get back into where you lived before the last 18 years, because we have this really awesome connection, but we may as well start where you are right now. So tell me a little more about your job and, you know, what drew you to it? Sure. So I am the community engagement supervisor for Healthy St. Pete. It is the community wellness initiative for the city of St. Petersburg in Florida, Tampa Bay area for all the out-of-towners. Um, and it's really an amazing position. It's kind of the culmination of uh, a lot of things that I've done up until now in the city. Um, I owned my own franchise of Stroller Fitness uh, called Baby Boot Camp for 10 years here, starting with when my first daughter was like five months old. I wanted to meet the community and get involved, use my um, exercise science background, my sports background, and bring wellness to our community. And it kind of just evolved and grew from there. I had the opportunity to really partner with some awesome small businesses and nonprofits and learn that, you know, really building on that small business network was really integral to our town and um, everyone wanted to support each other. So getting to know um, and cross market with a lot of those people and then led to this position um, with the city to be able to really amplify what um, a lot of businesses, nonprofits, um, health organizations are doing to uh, really improve health outcomes for our residents. Well, it's interesting because um you're passionate about a lot of things, but health and wellness is like your foundation, isn't it? 
Definitely. Yeah. I think it all kind of has that, uh, baseline and um, a lot of other tangents come out from there. I try to stay focused <laughs> and really uh, apply my my time where the most focus can be. But yeah, it definitely stems on health and wellness and really empowering um, people, starting with moms, children, families, you know, members of the community that they can really have control of their own health and wellness and using the plethora of resources that are available, whether it's in our community of St. Petersburg or online or the Skirt Sisters of Skirt Sports or, you know, really drawing all those resources together to help yourself. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're definitely going to have a theme today of advocacy, like for ourselves, for the people we love. And um, it sounds like you're in the exact perfect role for you at this point in your life. Yeah, it was it was very strange uh, that I even got asked to do this job because at, at the time, uh, but almost two years ago when I started this position, I um, was teaching swim lessons in my backyard. I was coaching PE for a homeschooling group. I was uh, consulting with American Heart Association. I was consulting for a local race director and having three kids at three different schools. So I'm like, okay, I can just balance it all and do all these things. And then of course, advocating at a volunteer level with my, my community. And uh, my now supervisor told me there was a position available. Um, it was full time. Um, and I said, yeah, I don't really do full time. I got a lot of, a lot of balls in the air right now and I just perfectly balance them with what I, I have the capacity to do. Um, but I read the description and it just really turned out to, like I said, be all the things that I was, um, doing already, um, and really had the opportunity to impact the future of our city that I love so much, um, and really work with all those community partners, um, on another level. So it all happened at the right place at the right time. So I think we can, many of us relate to the hustle, the, the balls. Well, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Juggling the balls. Um, like honestly, did you think that what you were doing before this was sustainable for the long term? Like, how did you end up in a place where you literally had like six jobs and three (laughs) children on top of that? It was a lot. It was a lot. And um, I I was I was passionate about all of them. But I I knew I couldn't reach the full capacity of what I kind of had um, goals for all of those different things um, because I was rushing from one thing to the next. So I was kind of at a a crossroads anyway. I didn't really know where I was going to go. And this kind of landed here. Um, It was a brand new position for the city. It never existed before. Um, It's actually super novel for um, really the whole um, country. There's not a lot of cities that employ um, full-time wellness uh, supervisors for community wellness. So we're able to really amplify what our city's doing and look out for the wellness of our residents. Um, and so with all those balls in the air, I knew, I knew we had to kind of come to, uh, come to Jesus moment of what, uh, how I could function best for my family. That was always first for me. Um, having the baby boot camp business, bringing my girls with me, seeing that, um, you know, mom could, um, serve the community, serve, um, other moms, meet other people, um, and bring the kids with me. Um, I really wanted to follow through with that now that they were older and do something productive while still being a good mom. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) 
there's well, never I, a perfect answer. There's never a perfect answer. But. No, there's not. And I can also understand how all these different roles slowly became like really important to you. You know, I've been there before in my life. And even with a full-time job, often find myself with too many little side gigs. Right. And um, I'm a big fan of the word alignment. I feel uh-huh. like, like it. when you step back, and someone or something shows you that you you have too much going on. Sometimes it can be even your health <laughs> tells right. you right. you have too much going on. Um, it's like what one thing is not like the other. You know, it's kind of yeah. like let's let's whittle it down to the things that actually are aligned with each other and aligned with my values. Right, right. And being able to be the most successful at the things you really want to be successful at, right? You can't spread yourself so thin that you're doing them well enough, but not really to the pinnacle of what can be done. Um, And like you said, it's kind of taking care of yourself and being proactive, which is huge, and community wellness especially, rather than reactive, which is what we tried to really communicate when I was, you know, a trainer with baby boot camp, having moms be able to really take care of themselves rather than in the long run, find out there is something wrong, you have a health issue or something comes along or you figure out it's just not working and then you have to be reactive to that situation. So um, I think taking that in terms of our own life and our own health and then, you know, those decisions we're making for our jobs and our families too. I mean, do you think that being proactive is sort of a false sense of controlling what you want to happen or is it really legit? It depends on the situation, of course. I mean, obviously, proactive in terms of health, I think, is obviously really beneficial. Going ahead and, you know, having good nutrition and good mental health and good financial health, all that status um, and um, good physical health, taking those steps can lead to not having, you know, reactive issues with health in the long run. Um, But proactive as far as, you know, your career planning, your life planning, your family planning, you can always have the best laid plans, but they'll always be hiccups. So I think as long as you allow um, yourself to be okay with those hiccups and allow that those things will come up, um, you can still do some some planning that will, will help in the long run. I mean, is this really truly about having like a flexible mindset, like having goals, but then having the flexibility to move, shift, and change as signs present themselves to you that you know, maybe, maybe different directions are calling. Definitely, definitely. I think that, that, um, that flexible mindset or that growth mindset is, is really valuable to, um, making decisions in the long run that things are not always going to be static. The best laid plans don't always go that way. And I think that's important to communicate to kids too. They, they want to see you, doing that and partaking in that and they want to you know be able to do that for themselves so the more that you can model that mindset the better that it is off for them as well oh the modeling mindset oh my gosh (laughs) this is so all sounds good in theory right (laughs) it really does like sometimes I I talk to people and I'm like could you just come over and parent my child for a little bit because I just have no idea what I'm doing half the time. Um, I want to talk. I I have all ages. I have a 14 year old, a 12 year old and a five year old, all girls. So things change on a day to day basis. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my gosh. I know who I'm calling for each stage for sure. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about 
being a woman entrepreneur of a small business. So Baby Boot Camp, you've mentioned a couple times, this is an actual franchise, right? Correct, correct. There's locations all over the country. So if you're a new mom, especially, um, it's a great way to um, meet other moms in your community um, and to really feel like you're not alone in this new, you know, part of life called motherhood, right? We're all kind of isolated by that. Um, so I was really lucky um, to find a location. It was in Tampa when my first daughter was born, which was like a 30 minute drive. So I would drive there a couple times. I did that for a couple months. And then I said, you know, I'm not going to drive 30 minutes to find my friends. I need to find some here. I want to build my community. I was relatively new to the area. And um, so I ended up buying the franchise in St. Petersburg. And this was, mind you, before the outdoor fitness craze, like working out in the park was not a thing <laughs> 14, 15 years ago. Um, so it was super exciting uh, to kind of be part of the beginning of that uh, outdoor boot camp thing and really getting to know moms and having my my daughter have friends and then we had our second babies and then the second babies had friends and that was kind of the the beginning of the you know social and life um and the mental break as a mom um but also helping moms reach their goals um as a trainer and seeing that um milestone for them that they never even thought they were athletes or they didn't like to work out necessarily but they came to the class, they tried something new, and they overcame those obstacles. So that was a really, really cool um, opportunity to be part of that in their lives. Well, and I love that, you know, 10 years ago, it was like unheard of for gatherings in the park to work out. And, oh, yeah. you know, half the time now, it's like, hey, where can we meet? Let's go meet somewhere outside, right? right. It's kind of ingrained Absolutely. Yeah. Especially here in St. Petersburg, we have over 150 parks. We have the third largest waterfront park district in North America. It's just an amazing place to enjoy and be outside. So, you know, building on that background of having the business in the parks for 10 years in St. Petersburg and now working for the city and kind of being able to highlight that um, there's so many so many classes and events and fun things always going on outside. Um, and the more we can get, especially those new moms out to enjoy um, what we have to offer wherever you are, wherever you live, um, you know, enjoy being outside and take that mental break. So like a couple things about that business model in itself stand out to me. First, going back to modeling the mindset. So right. this is a, a workout program geared towards moms, but you bring your children Right. Yes. So they're in the strollers. We're singing ABCs when we're doing bicep curls. We're doing lunges and reading books. And the whole thing is interactive for the kids. Um, and obviously, it's a workout for mom, number one. But it's also an opportunity for the kids, again, to see that modeling of this is what we do in the morning. I did it for 10 years with one, two, and then three kids um, in and out of strollers and schools, depending on their age. Um, but for them to see, you know, you wake up, you go go to the park and you get in the stroller and you sing songs and you see other friends and we do a play date afterwards. And that was how my kids grew up. <laughs> that They thought all kids did that. So I was really um, lucky and, and blessed to have the opportunity to facilitate that um, for my community. That was what I got the most out of it. It was a business, yes, number one, but really the community building and seeing other moms uh, really meet their goals and exceed their goals. Well, and like, I, I appreciate those parts, but what I'm really like focusing in on here is the idea that your kids grew right. up thinking that exercise is fun. 
Right. And it's just a normal thing, right? That's what I, I've always tried to communicate too, is that, and what I think a lot of other countries do um, communicate and have as their lifestyle is that exercise is a lifestyle. It's not you go to the gym and pound it out for an hour and you hate it and then you're just done. It's an active lifestyle. So you're riding your bike to work. You're, you know, you're riding your bike to drop the kids off at school. You're going to play at the park for a while after school or it's just part of your daily routine. Um, so workout doesn't have to be a bad thing and the kids are along for the ride because that's how they how they grew up since they were in the baby carrier in the stroller and then they were two years old in the stroller singing along with us and then they're five years old trying to do bicep curls with us and they um you know it's just part of how they grew up and they saw their mom and their friends moms all doing it and um that's a, a great way and now they're all in sports and active after school and you know they they haven't known any different way well and i feel like most moms i talk to our biggest battles are with our children and their screens Yes. And so we make the, you know, decision to introduce them to, in my case, an iPad, you know, a few years ago, it was like a Kindle, then an iPad, right. when they're pretty young. And then, of course, they just want it all the time, because it's more interesting than sitting there and having a conversation with mom or dad, you know, right. at five or six. <laughs> and so, you know, when a body is in motion, you usually can't be holding a screen. So, Right. You know, it's it's crazy because here we are the debooms. Like we were this powerhouse <laughs> triathlon couple and we have a child who still fights us and would prefer to, you know, sit around and, and do her things. screen. Even <laughs> yeah. if it's just background noise, she likes to have it on, you know, while she's doing Legos. So what advice do you have for people who, or do you have any other thoughts on that, yeah. that comment that like, the battle with the screen how do we how do we get them to appreciate a body in movement in motion rather than the screen right and i think it's like i said it's a lifestyle thing more than okay now we have to stop watching the screen we have to work out for 30 minutes and then we're done we don't have to move our body anymore so it's um you know those things that um are, are the lifestyle things. Um, and what's funny too about the screens is that when I started my business, well, first of all, I had to make mixtapes and mix CDs um, and have my boom box powered by V batteries on my shoulder. That's so awesome. I love it. <laughs> because there was no music that was in the cloud and, you know, Bluetooth speakers and stuff like that. So it was way before kids even had the opportunity to have a handheld device. So it, that kind of crept up on us as we, as we went through the years of baby boot camp. And I'm I'm sure it's even more of a struggle for the owners across the country now. Um, but the more that they're incorporated and the more that they think that this is just the way that life is, um, I think will will cut down on that usage. So like with the city of St. Petersburg, we do eight free fitness classes every week, every Saturday morning and every Thursday, uh, excuse me, Tuesday night. Um, and those are all family friendly. So we have things like Tai Chi and hula fitness with hula hoops. We have uh, cardio tennis. And so just things that you can do on the evenings and weekends with your kid that are fun and active and family building, relationship building, as opposed to 
sit down and watch TV and and you watch your phone and you watch your iPad and then we'll go to bed. So if you think, can think of ways to use your time in an active manner together and consistently, that's the thing I struggle with is consistently. <laughs> consistently, it's easy to watch TV. Consistently, it's not easy to go to the park after school or go to a class together or go for a swim together. Um, it takes more energy, but it really um, pays off tenfold for your kids to see those patterns. I mean, do you think that there's power in the accountability of group fitness or having an accountability partner or somebody even with your kids, like a friend they like to ride bikes with or something like that to get them motivated? Yeah, definitely. I'm well, I'm definitely a group fitness person. I started out swimming my whole life, obviously. I um, taught group fitness. I actually am I'm the chapter leader for our Moms Run This Town um, group here in St. Petersburg. I can't do anything by myself. <laughs> if I'm left to my own devices, I won't do it. Um, and so, and then it helped that I was going with baby boot camp to a group with uh, moms with other kids. So someone, a group that is similar to myself. Um, and I think that's great for kids too. Um, like I said, with our fitness classes for Healthy St. Pete, we have a lot of families that come together and the kids get to see each other and maybe they'll do yoga with us for a little bit, but then they'll run around together with their friends and they know that that's um, a fun thing for them to do together. So, that, but it doesn't work for everyone. I know I have friends that aren't into the group fitness thing. That's okay. Um, whatever works for you, but try it with your kids if you're looking for um, a good consistent routine to, to get somebody else on board. And then maybe you'll help them uh, realize that that's a good idea for their family too. So it couldn't hurt. Well, and I love that you found a business, like you purchased a business that actually was exactly what you personally needed for your own motivation. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was 100%. I, it was, like I said, it wasn't a business necessarily for making money at that point in time. It was, uh, you know, it was a good side benefit, but it was the community building. I was new to the area, so it was finding friends for me, for my baby daughter, um, for navigating this new town. Um, and then from there, really just learning how to maximize all those new relationships and uh, build the most value for the people that trusted me enough to come to my classes. Okay, this is going to be a big stretch, but I, <laughs> I'm loving because I, I have it just came to mind, I have to go there. And it's totally like sort of time sensitive to what's going on right now yeah. in the world. But you know, we're talking about exercise as a lifestyle. And right. I'm thinking about all the things you're doing in your community and that, you know, you're, is St. Saint, Saint Petersburg a city or a town? It is a city. Yep. The city of St. Pete's is like in, really encouraging people to include fitness in, in their lives and be healthier. And so Tim and I were riffing on the coronavirus situation and what's going on. And we were like, I wonder what's going to change from this. Like, is the travel industry going to change? Like, will there be like hand sanitizer? And, you know, like, what are the things that are going to change? And so one of the things Tim kind of, he's sort of a conspiracy theorist at heart. And oh, he's, but, and this isn't really conspiracy theory so much, but he was like, well, here's the thing. This is like, from what we're reading and the information we're getting, it's a relatively like not very dangerous virus if you're healthy. Healthy. And so if you're not healthy, you could die from it. <laughs> like, he kind of made that statement. So yeah, I'm, I'm laughing and I'm kind of like, well, it's kind of true. I mean, I know it's people who already have various 
health issues that right. that are at more risk of any illness. But, you know, is it one of those things where is this could we use this to be a kick in the butt for people to get a little healthier so that when this kind of crap happens in the world, then we don't freak out as much because we're not as at risk as we might think. Right. Absolutely. And that goes with anything that can happen in life, right? Even if it's, you know, having to have surgery or having to recover from another illness and those people that are healthier to start with do so much better in the recovery. And it's so much quicker because their body has already been used to those micro tears and breaking down and recovering from workouts. So when you're faced with something like this, like a, like a virus or something comes up that you're not anticipating, I can't help but think that, that having a more healthy lifestyle on the onset would be so much more advantageous. So I, I think for sure that this may, may change some people's thought process about, you know, keeping a consistent workout routine and, and making those healthier lifestyle choices. Man, we're going to have to push it because I think those are harder decisions for people because they're hard. They're harder. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to we're going to be on the front lines here pushing them. So- <laughs> you know, it's, it's making little choices, which we know, right? You know, you make the little decisions and little choices and celebrate the little victories. And then you're like, okay, I, I walked five more minutes today than I did yesterday. I'm healthier than I was yesterday. That's all you can do. And, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and do it again tomorrow and, and walk one more minute. And those little things add up. So, so, you know, let's, let's, let's continue on this thread of like, you know, our, our children and how, okay, let me back up. So here we are, we're, we're including fitness and health in our lives. We're passing that love and passion onto our children in a positive way so that they believe in, in the power of moving our bodies, right? We're doing all we can, But every once in a while, we still come up against obstacles where institutions that are in place don't really allow these positive um, changes. And so when you when you reached out and said, hey, this might be worth talking about, I um, I, I've recently been working with this program called Action for Healthy Kids Mm -hmm. because you had bumped up against an issue in the school system where they didn't even have recess. So, I mean, seriously, we know how hard it is to sit for even one hour straight. Imagine we have these kids (laughs) sitting in school with minor breaks for six hours or more. So let's talk a little bit about... You know, what happens when you realize this and then what can you really do about it? Sure. So it was, um, it, it, yeah, the, the bottom line is that it, it's really, it, it really is crazy that I came to the realization um, my oldest daughter was in fifth grade. So this was four years ago now um, that, and she hadn't had recess the whole time she was in elementary school after kindergarten. And I just said, you know, oh, that's a bummer. It, it, it shouldn't happen. Luckily, we are a family that's really active anyway, so it didn't really affect me. Um, so it's okay. But then we get to talking to other schools and other parents in our district, and some schools did have recess, some schools didn't. And uh, this principal said yes, this principal said no. The Talk to the superintendent, talk to the state. It was all passing the buck of why this wasn't happening. And we started researching what does American Academy of Pediatrics say? Why are these things happening? Um, and we 
came to the conclusion that um, there was no mandate um, on the local or state level um, that you could or could not have recess. So basically, um, we worked with a lot of other parents from across Florida and found out that it was implemented in different ways, but really not implemented at all um, throughout the state of Florida. Um, and that's millions of children. We're a huge state. Um, and so it, it really was um, alarming. And so eventually we took it to um, the state level, to our state legislature. There was a bill in process to mandate 20 minutes of um, unstructured, uninterrupted recess every day for elementary school kids for Florida. Um, it did take two years of going to Tallahassee and lobbying pro bono as a recess mom um, to convince uh, legislators that it, it was, in fact, a problem and it was, uh, in fact, not happening in schools for our kids. Um, yeah, and they were sitting in school for six or seven hours a day. Um, and teachers are, you know, administrators are wondering why there's um, behavior issues, why there's attention issues, because a six-year-old was not meant to sit in and out if, in a chair for that long um, and expect to be tested on a computer. So it was it was really a crazy process to learn um, about how to create change at that level, um, but. Hooray, we did um, succeed, and for the last three years, it has been a state mandate. Um, enforcing it is a different issue. We, we still have a Facebook group of parents from across Florida that tell us about how it's still not being implemented, but we can give them the tools now um, to say that it is a state mandate um, and hope them, help them along the way. Uh, but it was a really powerful lesson for me coming from a background of empowering moms and parents to really take accountability, you know, for their own health and cheer them along the way um, to empowering groups of parents um, to really let them know that they can create change um, within their school, within their school district, within their state, uh, within whatever administrative group is, um, you know, kind of found out to be in charge of those different things. Um, so, you know, I really, I really empower any group of parents. If you're looking at things like uh, water bottle fillers at your school or what the breakfast looks like, or do you have before school run club available? Do you have a school garden? Are these things that you are interested in or think that would be beneficial to your school? Um, what we found with the school recess is that there's a lot of venting online. I'm sure if you're a mom or if you know a mom, they're part of a, a Facebook group of moms somewhere in the country that they like to talk about what's going on um, and complain about it. But um, you really have the opportunity to mobilize and um, come together, be concise, and um, create change where you see it needed. From empowered to empowering others. I'm just Woo! hearing it in your voice, like <laughs> your whole journey led up to you feeling this empowerment and, and then you start empowering others first in a smaller format through your business and, and some coaching and whatnot, but now to a bigger, like a much bigger platform. Um, can I ask you, like, what did you find? So I'm sitting here imagining you like lobbying these heated discussions, right? It was, it was strange. It was very strange. So were you like, okay, here's what the statistics show. I mean, did you have to become a total expert on the topic of like kids and physical movement? Um, it was really um, 
kind of the perfect timing because um, we started getting media attention in our county, Pinellas County. Other um, counties actually were starting to get media attention as well. And then we found them, of course, on Facebook, all these other parents from across the state that were starting to do the same things as us. So we ended up having representation from about 12 of the larger school districts in Florida that we all came together as these recess moms. Um, So we were able to collaborate and share resources, which was amazing. So I did not have to do all this myself. We came up with an issues paper that we presented these legislators. We had different representatives um, from different districts, so we could really talk to the legislators um, that were in charge of our areas um, and have a good representation. So um, I didn't have to do it all, but I learned a lot on along the way. And I think a lot of times um, we see a rule or um, a some you know something that's going on in an institution as just this huge issue that one person's not going to change. And that's so very true because one person will not change it. But when you come together as a group, whether it's a group of parents at your school, a group within your district, or as we found in the state, um, it it makes a big difference. And that's really the only way things will change um, because the people that are working for the school or the district or the state are, are so internal in that organization that they need to hear from their clients, right? We're the clients of the school district. We're the ones that are benefiting from what they're doing. If, if it's not working for us or if we think that there's a healthier way and we have that proof, um, they really want to hear from you. So let's say somebody listening has an idea and they're like, you know, there's just not enough vegetables or something, you know. <laughs> um, so what's, what's the next step they take? What can they do? Yeah. So and a really great resource, um, as you mentioned, is Action for Healthy Kids. It is a um, national organization that basically provides resources for parents, community members, teachers that want to bring more wellness-related materials to their schools and also after-school programming and, you know, wraparound programming and things like that, anywhere that there's going to be kids Um, there's going to be a way to um, bring in those healthy lifestyle choices. So you're looking for more vegetables at lunch. First, you're going to want to review and see what your district policy actually is. So that is the first step. Um, I'm actually, I'm the co-chair of our school health advisory council for our district as well, which if you're in Florida, and I know in Texas, I'm not sure about other states, but it's a state mandate that each district has to have a a school health advisory council to let the public know about what they're doing in the school district in terms of wellness. Um, So find out what's going on and what the what the district mandate is um, and if it's being implemented and if it's not. How can you help change that? Is it a budgetary issue? Is it just a lack of time issue? Um, And Action for Healthy Kids has a really great um, program right now that they have an open grant application for a Parents for Healthy Kids grant. So if you don't have a lot of support from your school or your district and you feel like you're kind of just out there by yourself, um, Action for Healthy Kids wants to help empower parents to take that action. So these are grants that are written by parents. You have the support of the school, but it's not anything that the school has their own deliverables for. So this the, there's a set of grants that is for um, nutrition related, 
um, projects and then a set of grants for physical activity related um, projects. So you can decide what you want to do. If you want to go with the example of, you know, vegetables, do you want to grow a garden? Do you want to partner with farmers markets to bring food in? Do you want to have an educational um, event uh, and bring community programs in? So what do you want to do? And they give you lots of examples too on the website just for even writing that grant and then ideas for implementing it as well. So that's an awesome way to say, hey, there's, you know, three or four of us parents that are interested in this, that we think that, you know, our school can really benefit from this. Um, let's grab a grant application. Um, and they are $1,000 grants. And you don't have to um, really itemize how you spend that after the fact. They want you to, to cost uh, and analyze it before you apply for it. But um, it's a great way to uh, bring some new opportunities to your school and really, again, feel empowered that you are creating a small change and then it, it will be part of your school culture. Well, and what I love about this is you just said like, hey, three or four of us, you know, you might be like, well, now I have to rally like half of the school right. or you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be that hard. Like if exactly. if it's important to you and you've figured out maybe a little bit of, you know, some some facts or some reasons why this might be important for for more people, then share it around if you get some good feedback hey it's like when I started skirt sports I was like I think it's cute and I'd wear it let me ask my friends and they were like I think it's cute and I'd wear it so then I went for it like it doesn't have to you don't have to turn it into something so huge and I think that's where a lot of people stop in this process any process where you're starting something it just seems like it's going to be so hard so big and very difficult to change so they stop before they really even start. So I love that idea that, hey, gather a few people, talk it through, and just get it rolling. Just do it, yeah. And once people see um, the effects, um, and there's so so much research, and you don't even have to do this research because it's already been done. You don't have to gather it because it's already been gathered. It's all on the Action for Healthy Kids website. They know what they're doing. You bring it um, to your administrators. But like I said, one of the great things about those parent grants is that they're parent-led. Um, one of the grants that I got in the past was um, for middle school. So that's another benefit. It, you can do it for elementary, middle school, or high school. Um, they have needs too. A lot of us tend to focus on the elementary kids, um, but it was a middle school grant for a Wellness Wednesday program. So um, my middle school daughter didn't love me like ramping up her friends to do wellness stuff, but they did it a little begrudgingly. But we did a garden day. We did a yoga day. We did a day when the Tampa Bay Rays are professional baseball team. They, their stadiums across the street, they came over and did a physical activity day with us. And we did healthy dinners um, for the families afterwards. So it was, um, you know, some different opportunities to learn about different elements of wellness from our community partners, and then joining together for a community meal. So you're getting that social cohesion element as well into it. So it can doesn't have to be overwhelming, do a little step and your community will um, really benefit from that culture building. Little choices, little steps, little victories, little celebrations. I love it. It's so oh, yeah. cool. So I want to, um, okay, well, first of all, we're going to put links to all of this on the show notes. So definitely get over to NicoleDeBoom.com and check out the show notes. So you can just very easily click send on your application. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of want to chat for a minute about this concept of recess. So you called yourself a re- re- 
you called yourself a recess mom, which I assume me- meant like <laughs> a bunch of moms who are advocating for recess. But um, I love the idea, not just for kids, for all yeah. of us. Like, Absolutely. what are the benefits of having recess on a daily basis? What is recess in your mind? Yeah, a recess is a break. And I mean, I, I learned about the, the jargon part of it from this whole um, process. But what we put in, not just we, but what was, you know, suggested by American Academy of Pediatrics, as well as the whole list of supporters for recess for kids is um, uninterrupted, unstructured recess. So it was it and it is not only just an opportunity to get outside and run around, but it's not a structured thing. It's not like you have to play kickball Uh, and that can be translated to adults as well. Just go outside and walk around during the middle of your day. Take a break and don't confine yourself to say, "Okay, I have five minutes. I'm going to walk around the block. I'm going to stretch and then I'm going to sit back down, be unstructured and uninterrupted. So in the adult terms, that would probably be leave your phone at your desk. (laughs) Don't uh, interrupt yourself from that break because not only does your body need a break, but your mind needs a break too. Um, Whether it's from the office doing your computer work or whether it's from your kids and they're, you know, small and little and they're driving you crazy. So when they are taking a nap, Maybe you can't walk around the block, but maybe you can put your phone down and just step outside for that unstructured, uninterrupted time um, and give yourself permission to do that. I think that's really important. So is there a recommended, as an adult, like thinking about us, is there a recommended time frame where they're like, okay, after this amount of time of not having a break, you need to take a break? Or is it something that you just need to listen to your body and figure out, okay, when I'm clearly not focusing anymore and I'm doing X, Y, and Z, it's time for me to get up and move. Right. Well, if you have an Apple Watch, you know, it tells you, I think, every hour (laughs) that you need to stand up. So I think that's a good gauge. Um, And at least once an hour, you need to stand up. Um, And I'm a a biggest culprit as any. Um, Again, I was used to doing 500 jobs, and then I went to a desk job um, two years ago. I still do get out and about quite a bit, but when I am at the office all day, I definitely need those uh, Apple Watch reminders to stand up. Um, And whether it's your watch or your phone, you set an alarm for every hour, or your computer, you set an alarm. There's so many ways, you know, that technology can help you with that. Um, but to be consistent, again, we're talking about consistency with kids and working out and fitness and active lifestyles. If you can be consistent with your breaks as well, that's going to be so beneficial for your physical health and for also for that focus and that mental health, just like the kids. They can't sit and take tests and be focused for that long. Um, and we can't expect ourselves to either. That's a really good point. You know, you've, you do a lot for other people. I mean, a big part of this is learning how to advocate for your own children, right? Right. Um, do you ever forget about yourself in the meantime? <laughs> I would say yes. Uh, it is a challenge to uh, take time for myself because I am so uh, busy, right, with all of my three kids and three schedules and full-time job now and sports. And I'm doing a leadership program right now in my city. 
Um, so there's lots going on. Um, and so I actually did just start working with a running coach myself, which I've never done. I've always been the coach of other people, but I decided I wanted someone else to write a plan for me and help me check in and tell me when I'm supposed to be working out and have some accountability for myself. So that's been something new that I've been uh, trying out in the last few weeks, which which has been great because um, when everyone else is accountable to me, my kids and my clients and uh, people I'm working with, it's nice to take a break from that and, and rely on somebody else a little bit too. So it's good to give yourself permission to do that. Um, are you coachable? <laughs> like sometimes, <laughs> you know, the coach being coached can really be a recipe for disaster, but this could go towards anything like the eye doctor going to a different eye doctor, right. the, you know, like what, how is that working for you? Any advice for other people? Yeah, so far it's so good. It's, um, you know, and I, I, I'm kind of at the point that I think I'm opening myself up to it and allowing, um, you know, someone else to coach me because I was trying to work it all out for myself. And I'm like, I can do this. I'm fine. I'll just do whatever I want. And I know, I know how to do this and I've coached other people, but I'm like, I don't have to do everything. Right. I, I can step back and say, I would like to give this responsibility to you and I will do what you want me to do. And it kind of, it takes one thing off of your plate and, um, frees you up to do something else, um, more genuinely. So I think, I think so far it's been a good opportunity, but it's obviously taken me a long time to get to this point. So, um, I think it's something new and hopefully goes well. I think, um, I recently, maybe in the past five years or more, found the power of not having to think in workouts. Sure. And I think that's a huge benefit too, because there are times when you know you need to go work out, but the last thing you need to do is spend time writing your own workout. And if you yeah. don't write it, then you're not motivated to do something. <laughs> so I think that's also really cool and really powerful. And I love that you're letting yourself experience this in like an open and forgiving way with yourself. Yeah, so far so good. Like I said, it is nice to not think about having to wake up earlier and be like, okay, what exactly am I going to do now? And what's the the plan? And how is that going to help me get to my goal? And all I have to do is look at what has already been written, and then we're good to go. So I, I think it is um, a good, and it's a good place in, in my life too, because um, I had been, I'm not actually teaching anything right now, which is very new for me. I'm usually teaching swimming or coaching somebody or teaching boot camp or something. So um, I wasn't, uh, my time wasn't busy with that. So I had some extra time to devote to myself. So I took a little break and then I knew that I had the time and the capacity to do something for myself. So I, I see you as a natural leader. Do you see yourself that way? Oh. That's so sweet. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think I've grown into the role. I don't think I, I always uh, was a leader. I don't know. I think it kind of the um, definition of that kind of transforms. When I bought my business 14 years ago, I wasn't looking to be a leader in the community or a, a leader in the business of fitness. Um, I, it was something that I, I liked to do and I had a decent background in doing similar type things. Um, and, uh, it kind of just evolved over time and I really thrived off of the 
magic word of the day, empowering other people, which I didn't know was something that I really, I really liked to do. I was always part of a team, um, you know, somewhat of a team leader in swimming growing up. But now that I had my own team or group that I was leading, um, I really, I really liked bringing those people together. And when they would tell me their stories of, you know, I met this friend that I would have never met. And now we're friends, you know, 15 years later, and what would I have done if I didn't find maybe boot camp, you know, those little things kind of put a notch in to say, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm along the right lines of doing something that's that's beneficial. So let me try something else and uh, kind of give boost the confidence to try to try something else. So um, and when it comes to things like the recess, it was just the right place at the right time. And when the opportunity was there, I, I felt like I had to keep going. I already had the relationships with, you know, our district administrators, with our legislators, with, you know, people from across the state. I'm like, I have this issue. I have this opportunity. I feel like I have to to finish the job and, and keep it going and, and be that leader for so that other people know that they can kind of follow along those steps. Do you think that growing up a swimmer, um, we didn't get into this yet. I want to get into it now. Uh, helped form your kind of strong self-confidence, your foundation? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, I swam competitively in Downers Grove, Illinois. DG, (laughs) but you're on the other side of the tracks. No, I know. I know. My friends were down there, though, so I I came across. Uh, Since (laughs) eight years old. Um, and it was just something we did in the summers forever and ever. And, um, you know, started to get more serious and more competitive through high school. And I swam in college and, um, being a part of that team, I think, um, like I said, I was, I I was one of the leaders, but you know, it was kind of a a group and a team effort at, at those levels. Um, but really seeing how, um, you know, building up other people on your team really helped them. And then sometimes it cycled through and they needed to build you up to help you. Um, and ha- what kind of effect that have on that has on somebody at the athletic level. I think that that really carried on um, into my business and, you know, my personal life that I really thrived on helping other people and seeing them succeed and having that past knowledge of, yeah, this kind of relationship really works when you are, you know, positive and and helping with that reinforcement and then they'll succeed and then they'll help the next person. It's kind of a cyclical thing. So I think being involved in swimming um, for those reasons and for the work ethic, obviously, you know, when you're college athlete and you're in school and you're traveling and all of those things, you, you, you have to have the work ethic, um, to see success and, um, you're, you surround yourself with people that will help you be successful because they all have the same goals as you. So I think I've carried that, that on, um, in with my business and, and my family life. And those are things that I really want, um, my kids to experience now too. I have a high school athlete. My oldest is a high school softball player. Um, and so I think that she's just starting to see, some of those benefits of um, empowering the other girls on her team, being a good teammate and, you know, sticking with it when things get tough um, because those, those all benefit you in the long run. Do you think that the competitive part is really important? Cause I hear you talking a lot about the power of team. Mm -hmm. Um, but what about being competitive? Like, I guess I'm asking because I, 
I'm relating to myself right now. Um, my So first of all, we never actually swim against each other because you're younger than me. <laughs> Correct. Correct. We came together later in life through skirt sports, didn't we? Wouldn't have been able to swim against you anyway, so it's okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so funny though. You would have blown me out of the water. Well, you know what? Don't don't um don't underestimate yourself. Um (laughs) Well, and it changed the times change too, because I would not be able to swim with the girls that are in high school now. That is for sure. Even at my my high school times. (laughs) And remember that period of time when they had the suit? Like oh. I actually swam masters nationals during the period when the suit was legal. It was crazy. Oh yeah, the the buoyant and the shark skin and all that stuff. Yeah, and then they got rid of those because <laughs> all the world records got broken. But anyway, okay, that's we're, we're digressing a little bit into swim world. So I I think I was pretty competitive all my whole life, and maybe because I had an older sister. Like I really don't know why. So I'm not sure if like being competitive is something that you're sort of born with um, or if it's something that becomes nurtured. But I will tell you that my daughter right now is not very competitive. Like, and I am very cognizant of not trying to push her into sport because of Tim and our background. We don't want to be like making her feel crazy or you know, like she has to live up to any kind of standard. Right. right. So it's kind of a weird line. But at the same time, Tim and I are often like struggle because we we wish she could be a little more competitive because we know <laughs> that being competitive led to like this harder work ethic and this, you know, uh, desire to achieve goals and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. which allowed both of us to have success in our lives in different ways. So can you talk a little bit about competition? Like what does being competitive mean to you? Tell me about your experience with your daughters. Like, yeah. are they all the same in that regard or how? Yeah, I just want to hear. Yeah, well, they're definitely not all the same. That's the crazy thing about having kids <laughs> is that how did they end up so different? So, you know, different interests, different um competitive drives at at that different levels. Um, I will say that as far as competition, um, competitiveness throughout high school and college um, with swimming is I had a big like fear of failure thing going on. Um, And I know you've talked about like your thesis that you wrote in college. One of my big projects I did was, and I was sports psychology was my pattern, um, the fear of failure and how that is just such a, a mental block that, you know, to do you want to try and push yourself so hard? Um, what if you don't do what you set out to do, right? What if you push yourself to the max and it still isn't good enough? Um, so that was something that was pretty overwhelming and overarching for me throughout college um, that I really worked to overcome and be cognizant of. Um, and I tried to work on that with my girls as well, right? You, you, you have to try your best. And if you are trying your best um, and you put in your best effort, win or lose or best time or not best time, um, it, it is enough. Um, and I think that that was a a huge mental block. Um, and as far as the competitiveness, you know, with swimming, obviously we're, we're fortunate that we have the element of it being an individual sport and a team sport. So, um, I think I got into the team aspect of it a little bit more because I was so wrapped up in my brain about the individual part of it. Um, and wanting to try my best and wanting to be that 
crucial part um, of the team and, and making my my imprint on the team. But what if I didn't live up to that standard? Would I disappoint my team? Would I disappoint my family who travels all over the country to see me? Um, so that was always a challenge for me that I think um, I was able to kind of uh, harness and and serve our team well and myself uh, you know, doing the best that I could um, throughout college um, and just seeing how that affects my girls as well. I want them to push themselves and try their hardest at what they're doing um, and know that they're not letting anybody down um, in the stands, right? So you always see how what's the best way to talk to kids about their sports performance, you know, not to be the coach in the stands and just to say, you know, we're just so glad to see you play where we love watching you play and being here um, for you too. And that kind of uh, resonates with me coming from that failure anxiety that I had. Oh my gosh. Wow. We need to like do a trade off of our um, senior thesis paper sometime. <laughs> I'll have to scan mine in. You do it too. Um, so I think one of the like slippery slopes for us as parents or just advocates for anybody in our lives is who who is really to determine what your best is so like if your daughter goes out and does a running race and walks part of it and you think in your mind I know she could have run the whole thing like you're now determining that that was not her best and you know as a coach and as an athlete and as a coach of people like that's a tough hole because you want to be supportive of people, but you want to continue to push them to be their best. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what is that line? Like you do have to trust at some point that they did their best. For that day, right? It might not have been the best yesterday, but today's a different day physically, mentally, you know, all those things. And um, yeah, especially with girls, teenage girls, it, you know, the, the, the mental you know, state can vary from day to day and you, you don't want to um, negate all the work that they're putting in. You want to support everything that they're doing and, um, but pushing them to, to, you know, be, un- be comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. I always like to tell my, um, my clients that is, is, that's so true with running, but really with anything else, you have to always go the extra mile or, or try a little bit harder, a little bit different than you did last time and, and getting to the point where you're comfortable doing something that's uncomfortable. And that's where you'll start to see those results. But yeah, just being uh, cognizant of the, the mental state, the physical state and um, how you uh, give that feedback. Oh, yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I love the comfort and the discomfort. I mean, these are like these very tricky lines that we just tow, you know, and and sports really teaches us that. I mean, hey, you can have a really hard conversation with your spouse and you you have to sit around finding comfort in the discomfort, too. So there's it's it's definitely a life, a light, a lifelong kind of, uh, I don't know, tool for you to use. Um with your girls so what's going on with these stages and ages okay so are is it you talk to people and they're like oh that age is so easy you know and it's like i swear every person i talk to just the entire ride just somehow gets harder or something like what's your experience here it it definitely goes up and down and now i have a teen and a preteen and a kindergartner so i have all three 
of them having different hormonal or developmental things going on at the exact same time. So I just have to kind of put it in perspective that it is, um, you know, all appropriate for what they're going through and trying to give them the right life skills that they need for what they're going through. So it's, it's definitely not all a walk in the park. It's really challenging. Um, and especially it's challenging for them because they have a sister that is, you know, going through something different than them. And, you know, how can they, you know, help them out while still going through what they're going through. So I don't think there's any really good ages. What I've especially found with my youngest one, since my oldest two were so close in age, I was in a hurry. I owned my business. I was go, go, go. I was, you know, doing so many things. I they were in the stroller. They were teaching class with me. We were going around, doing everything. I was so busy that before I knew it, they were in school. And I was like, wow, that was fast. I don't have any more babies. <laughs> they were in school a little while. And then um, I had my youngest daughter. She, uh, My older two were in kindergarten and third grade when I had Audrey. And I was very deliberate about I'm just going to be okay with hanging out at the park for two hours after I teach class. I don't have to run around and go to meetings and do this and that because I understand how fast it goes. And as they say, the days go slow and the years go fast or something along those lines. Um, It's a a struggle day to day. But um, now that my youngest, Audrey, is in kindergarten, um, I, I do still miss those baby days, but I'm glad I had kind of a third chance to um, slow it down and enjoy the ups and downs, the you know terrible twos, the terrible threes, the diapers, the crying, the communication, the teething. You know, I I'm glad I got to do it again um, because I appreciated it so much more that last time. You know, every kid is lucky to have their their mom, but your three girls are especially lucky <laughs> to have you. <laughs> You're so funny. Thank um, you. So looking back in time, are there any sports or activities or things that you wish you had done now that you're older that maybe you're encouraging your kids to do? Or if you haven't done them, are you still going to go after them? Oh, my goodness. What do I want to do? Um, Well, one thing I am trying to encourage my girls to do, um, which I will admit I did not do, is um, it's been kind of a, a news topic is Um, doing different sports in different seasons, right? We're finding that a lot of kids are hyper-specializing at super young ages. So we're having a lot of, you know, um, injuries with that, um, just with their motor skill development is a little bit impaired from doing the same movement patterns over and over. And then just mentally kind of can be fatiguing for kids to be doing the same thing over and over, Um, which, like I said, I'm not the best person because, I only swam. I, I really don't have the capacity to do anything else other than swim. So uh, I did swim year round. But um, I think it's really beneficial for kids to um, experience different things and uh, different sports, different teammates, different types of teams, um, and get that well-rounded experience. Um, for the physical, like I said, those motor skill developments, those motor patterns to change it up. And also um, mentally, you get a little mental break. So if softball is your main sport, um, take a break and do swimming for a, for a season. And, um, you know, maybe not 
be so mentally tuned into it, right? You're doing it for fun. You're doing it for, you know, a different uh, type of activity. Um, so that's kind of what I, I always suggest um, as I see sports getting so specialized so early and kids signing on for college teams, um, you know, verbally committing when they're freshmen and sophomores. I worry how they're going to feel um, physically and mentally uh, when they're juniors and seniors. Are they still going to want to play? Are they going to get injured? Um, so I think that's something that's really uh, beneficial to think about for all kids. Um, but for myself, I try to um, try to do new things. I, I did paddleboard yoga is really big down here. Have you done paddleboard yoga, Nicole? I, I no, I need to. Uh, I have a paddleboard. Yeah, you got to do paddleboard yoga. That's super fun. Um, so there's some cool classes that are out on the water out here. So I've done paddleboard yoga, um, which I feel like yoga I, I, I should probably do more of, but I'm the kind of person that like if I'm going to do a workout, it needs to be a workout, <laughs> which there are some really intense yoga classes around here. But the uh, what, the paddleboard element of it adds, adds a little bit of fun to it. And plus you get to enjoy your wonderful surroundings. So trying to do more things to enjoy where I live um, and not take it for granted. What a great answer. You're so awesome. <laughs> well, we, we've been rocking and rolling for over an hour here. And oh, that's a 10K plus. I know it, it is for a lot of people, but you know, it's okay if it's a 5K. That's cool Perfect. too. Because Perfect. what I really love is this final takeaway that we're going to do another takeaway, but the one you just said, which was, yeah, you can specialize, but mix it up. Like right. you can still excel and be a specialist, but maybe the advice is that in addition to your specialty, pick one thing you do just for fun. Right. How cool and is that? Be so serious about it, so focused in on it. It's just for fun, like the recess, right? It's it's a break. Yes. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, let's wind it down then with the final question I ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is, if you can leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? So, of course, I knew you were going to ask this. Um, I would have to go back to um, the thought of being getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, so we talked about that in kind of the running or fitness uh, realm, but also goes back to that parent advocate or empowerment of, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone um, and being okay with that, right? It might be something new to challenge something that's going on in your school, as we had talked about before, or, um, you know, to try something new in your fitness routine, or push yourself a little bit harder in that fitness routine, or in the job world, you know, just, you know, talking to your boss about something, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. So it's okay that you're feeling nervous about that, or that it feels a little strange at first, but it, it will lead you down uh, a good path. I love this. And especially the idea that comes from it, which is that you can do something about your situation, you're just going to have to get uncomfortable. Yes, agreed. Yeah. I love it. Well, Christy, it has been so awesome to connect. I wish we could have done this in person. I'd love to hang out with you more. <laughs> Come to Florida anytime. Open invite. Cool. I'm going to do some stand-up pedal yoga with you. Yes. Fabulous. Thank you, Nicole. All right. All right. What a great conversation with Christy Bruner. She's amazing. 
Um, just to recap again, she is an entrepreneur. She's a mom of three. She's an MRTT leader. She's a girls on the run coach. She's a personal trainer. She's a swim coach. And now she is working for St. Petersburg to help make that place better, healthier, fitter, and happier. She's doing it all. Um, I absolutely love her outlook. I believe that exercise should be a lifestyle. So, you know, I'm buying in. You probably are too if you're listening to this podcast. Um, you can check her out on Instagram at BrunerBabes3, B-R-U-N-E-R-B-A-B-E-S-3, BrunerBabes3. And uh, make sure that if you want to take action yourselves and apply for a grant, go to Action for Healthy Kids, check it out, and uh, make sure you get your voice heard. You just may be able and you can make change in your community if you really, really want it. All right, everybody. I'm back to my self-quarantine. I'm going to get going on those fun and interesting workouts that I've been putting up on our uh, Skirt Sports Women Who Move Facebook group. If you're not already a member, make sure you request to join. We'll get you in there and take advantage of our Women Who Move On Demand workouts. It's like working out with a girlfriend. You never know how many reps you're going to get. and You never know what Alexa is going to play today. <laughs> and you never know if Wilder DeBoom is going to join in. Because the truth is, we need to be setting a good example here. As much as we're doing it for ourselves, other people are watching. All right, everybody, that's it for today. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, maybe at home, and I'll see you next week.